Assalamu alaikum family, it's your brother Ben X on the Brother Ben X podcast. We are now live with Brother Steve Canal, and we're going to be bringing you guys solutions, value um, from a brother who is not just somebody who read books online and then get online and teach you, but somebody who's actually successful and has uh, done some of this stuff himself. And so I always want to bring you guys some value, uh, especially on social media, since there uh, are so many people that don't know how to make money, especially because there's so many people who knew how to make money through that job. But now because of this virus, you're at home and you don't know how to bring in any finances. And I don't want you guys to listen to this podcast and just think that it's only for this time. This is for any time because you never want to be 100 percent dependent on somebody else, because at that point, you know, there may be another pandemic. There may be a, 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 a tornado. It may be something that happens to where you get fired or the business crashes or whatever the case may be. And you always want to have some kind of business knowledge in order to um, uh, sustain yourself and be able to survive in whatever situation that is. So what we want to talk about today, as always, I want to go into the brother's background, talk about some of his upbringing, talk about what he's doing now, and then answer some of the questions that I have and maybe some questions that you guys have so we can leave with some value. So, brother, go ahead and introduce yourself for those who do not know who you are. Peace, peace, fam. Thank you, uh, Brother Ben X, for definitely having me on today. It's definitely appreciated to share that voice and message to the people. So I appreciate you. Um, name Steve Canal, uh, born and raised in New York, went to Fordham University on a basketball scholarship. So I started out playing college basketball. Um, and my, you know, from there, you know, learned how to pivot, you know, tore my ACL my senior year in college. Uh, and from there, started working with Tommy Hilfiger. Uh, while I was in school, I was able to get Tommy Hilfiger to actually sponsor our basketball team. So I was learning the industry um, from a marketing perspective uh, on the ground level in New York on the fashion scene, you know, creating uh, the scenes for fashion shows and uh, summer concert series. And from there, started working with the U.S. Army um, on a national scale, created a, a platform called uh, Taking It to the Streets, um, where we we're creating opportunities for folks around the country. Um, so as an entrepreneur, you know, my skates is on. You know, I was working with Delta. I was working with Walmart. I was working with um, American Airlines and creating platforms uh, for these brands, all state um, across the country. I've been in every state in the country. Um, and in 2008, trying to fast track, <laughs> um, in 2008, when the recession hit, um, all those checks that I thought was going to come every day, you know, they slowed down. You know, business, business wasn't the same. So I went from a seven figure business to zero. Mm. So went from making millions to zero um, from the recession. Um, and from there, I started working uh, with, I went to corporate America to learn how to run a billion dollar business so I could get those insights to, you know, get the key lessons that I didn't apply in 2008. And from there, um, became an entrepreneur again, got the key lessons after years of developing national programs with some of the brands that I was working with, was on tour with Damon John from Shark Tank and creator of FUBU for five years, funding small businesses because I was that business. I knew what entrepreneurs needed. So I was able to use the machine's funding to put that back into the community and small businesses. Um, and from there, you know, left corporate America and, you know, 
started back as an entrepreneur. But while I was in corporate America, you know, I still had my entrepreneurial mindset. I still had my entrepreneurial ventures still going on. And I coined a phrase called corporatepreneur. So I was able to manage both worlds, manage being in, uh, in, in corporate America as a high performer and still running my entrepreneurship businesses while I was within corporate America until I was like, I need my time back. You know, I, you know, we don't get time back. So, you know, that's one of the most important resources we have is time. So I went back into being an entrepreneur and it's been on ever since. Wow. Before we get into the business part of it, I did not know you play basketball. And it's kind of, <laughs> um, I don't even want to say coincidence. It's crazy. The brother that I just interviewed, uh, brother uh, Crenshaw, he played basketball. And uh, he got into entrepreneurship and I played basketball nice. as well. And I'm in <laughs> entrepreneurship now. So I want to talk about the, the, the basketball. Did you start off playing basketball at a young age? Uh, uh, what position yeah. did you play? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting story. So I was, I'm blessed to be 6'6", right? So I got height on me. And my, fa my family comes from Haiti. Uh, they come from the West. We come from the West Indies. Haiti's, you know, considered the, the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. Did you grow the up there at all? No, I grew up in, in New York, but my family, my mother, father, sisters, brother, all came from Haiti. You know, I, I'm 10 years younger, so I came after. Um, but those values um, and that work ethic that I got from my parents transferring from, you know, Haiti into the States, you know, to give us a chance, um, I knew that they weren't going to be able to pay for me to go to college. So I leveraged basketball as the tool to open the door and get inside that door, get that education to be able to do what I'm doing today. So in college, I played small forward and power forward uh, at Fordham University, which is in Atlantic 10. So it was the, when I was in college, it was the number four conference in the country. So, you know, I got Lamar Odom at, you know, Rhode Island. I got David West at Xavier. We're playing Temple, you know, every day. So in that system, I was able to understand the importance of teamwork, understand the importance of visualization and playing the game through my head, just like I do now with business, playing it through my head so I can understand all scenarios. Um, while I was at college, my coach was Bob Hill, who was an NBA coach. So we learned the NBA system. So it's a really cool experience. Um, so from the jump, did you want to really play basketball or you knew from jump you was just using that to get into school to get your education? It was a combination of both, you know, as you know, to, to become uh, peak and, and reach that high level in sports, you really have to dedicate and put your all into it. It's a daily grind, day to day. And Kobe Bryant taught us that, the mama mentality, you know, going to the gym and putting them shots, running and working out. Um, I, you know, I had a love for the sport. And I was going to allow the sport to take me wherever it could, it could take me. You know, it took me all over the world playing basketball, you know. So I, I, I appreciated what it did for me. So I put my love to it. But when I tore my ACL, I knew that life wasn't over. I knew that I had the ability to pivot because when I went to school, I also, you know, I mastered in psychology so I could understand how people thought, but I minored in business so I could know how to market to you. So while I was in college, I still had the, the grasp and mentality that I, I want to control whatever, wherever this takes me, I want to be in control of my destiny. So when I tore my ACL, I knew that I could pivot and go into marketing, which I did. Um, so it was a blessing and a curse, you know, a curse that I had to go through a torn ACL and rehab, but a blessing that I was still able to pivot and leverage all the relationships I made from basketball, the key lessons I got from basketball to have transferable skills into, into marketing and business. 
Um, can you talk about the beginning of um, the first time you got into entrepreneurship? I tell people all the time, man, my first thing that I can remember was selling candy uh, in school. My mom would go to Sam's Club. She would give me them honey buns, them Gatorades, them Skittles and Starbursts, and I would go to school and flip them at school. So for you, what was the first entrepreneur uh, 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 situation that you remember and how old was that? No, very similar story. So I was in middle school. It's funny. So in my neighborhood, everybody's neighborhood, you have the ice cream truck that comes through the neighborhood, is playing that song, and it already got everybody's attention of what's coming down the street. You know, everybody wanted that ice cream. Everybody wanted that candy. Um, So what I did was I actually went to their housing facility where they housed all the, the ice cream trucks and stored all the, the ice cream in their facility. It happened to be across the street from where I where I lived, where I grew up. So I went to the facility and told them like, hey, you know, I know everybody's running to you during the day, you know, for, you know, when you're, when the ice cream truck is coming into the town, why don't you guys allow me to sell some of the candy at school? Mm. So I would fill my book bag up in school and I would be selling candy in school and, and splitting the profit. There was no overhead on my part because I didn't have to front the cost for the candy. You know, this is stuff I'm, I'm thinking about now and understand right. now. But as a kid, I didn't know that. You know, I just knew that kids wanted candy and it was an opportunity for, make, for me to get some money. You know, so I was able to actually go to the school, sell candy to the kids. And I had an infinite supply source, you know, and they, they appreciated it because it was selling, you know. So that was the first time I can remember. Uh, and I was in middle school. During that time, what was the what? Where did you go from there? Was you like, man, I I can actually make money for myself, so let me try something different. How how did that uh, journey go? Yeah, it definitely made me understand the power of um, a product uh, and not necessity, but a need. You know, when people you know are are interested in a product, they're gonna do what they need to do to make sure they get it. That's why the sneaker culture is so big now because kids love sneakers and they're gonna make their parents pay for it. Right. Until they get a source of income to be able to do it for themselves. So what I understood at that time was, you know, if I have a product that people want, whether it's a, 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 a product or a service that if I market it the right way and find the right audience, I'd be able to have a viable product or service and have that proof of concept. You know, so from there, I I just, you know, going into high school, just remembering, you know, the kids wanting that that candy in the school. I knew in high school that I wanted to go to college to further understand how people thought and how to market to them. That's why I went into psychology and marketing. Mm, So once you got to college, um, were you still into entrepreneurship? What entrepreneurship was you into once you got to the college time? Yeah. So when I got into college, it was, it was crazy. So <laughs> when I was in college, I'm playing basketball, like I mentioned, and my teammates, we got a bunch of guys, six, nine, six, ten, going through the airport. So what I did was this is how I built the relationship with Tommy Hilfiger, because one of my mentors was a senior director at Tommy Hilfiger, Peter Paul. So I went to Peter Paul and I said, hey, P, because he was always asking me, yo, can you play on my team for Rucker Park? And I was like, you know, you know, I didn't want to play during the summer and chant something, you know, um, getting injured or whatever. I said, here's a deal. I said, I'll play for your team, but Tommy Hilfiger has to sponsor our team. You have to outfit all the players. Wow. So what that did was 
they they uh, sponsored our entire team. So they created velour suits, bags, shirts, shorts, socks for our entire team and outfitted us looking real cool to go through the airports. That was the only thing I was thinking about. You know, I was like an opportunity. I was like, why wouldn't you as a brand want a bunch of six, nine, six, ten guys going through the airport promoting your product? Right. So it was a it was a win win for them on both sides. They got me to play on their their summer record league, but they also were able to promote. We were walking billboards, you know, through airports. But the cool thing was people viewed us in a different light. You know, people saw us like, yo, how are these guys going, you know, get a deal with Tommy Hilfiger when everybody is either Nike, Adidas, you know. So we, we were able to actually flip that paradigm. And then, my, you know, the following year, I was able to get Sean John when Sean John started. So. That was my entrepreneurial mindset, leveraging, you know, a viable resource, which were was the talent, the players, to tap into leveraging some cool clothes that I wanted to wear, right? And letting them see the light and understanding that we were walking billboards. So I was able to close those deals on both scenarios, which is really cool. And now to this day, I tell that story and like, wow, you was in college, you know, brokering deals like that. Yeah, that's a uh, that's amazing. I, is it still? Currently, to where college players can't make money like that, or or is it still like you know? Because I know they had some stuff where college players couldn't make money and all that. What's the rules now? Yeah, it's still college players can't can't make money, but in about two years, I believe it kicks in where they can start getting paid for their likeness. Wow. Um, California initially passed the bill, and then other states started you know following through. And then the, S- and the NCAA caught on. So during that time when I was in college, it could have been a lot different situation. Where it's like, hey. Cut us, cut us the players a check, mm. <laughs> you know, to to wear your, you know, your 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 clothing through these airports. But the deal had to go through the school, so the university was getting, you know, that situation. But we were still able to look fly, you know, at the end of the day, going through the airports. Peace, family. Thank you for checking out the Brother Ben X podcast. Many people are wondering, what can I do now since digital real estate closed on October the first. I still want to learn how to make money on social media. I still want to learn how to market and I still want to learn how to build my brand. Well, there's one more way that you can do it. It's a couple ways, but I want to tell you all about the ABS tribe. The ABS tribe is weekly coaching every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday for only $50 a month. If you are looking for accountability, if you're looking for a group of people that's willing to inspire you, help you out, support you, encourage you, you want to get inside of our ABS tribe because every Tuesday and Thursday, me and Brother Jake or one of our more top million dollar friends or six-figure friends are on teaching you every single week. If you want to join the ABS tribe, go to www.whatisabstribe.com, www.whatisabstribe.com. So growing up, what was your dream job in your head? Or dream career? I, I just knew I never wanted to work in a physical office. I didn't want what I saw on TV as far as people waking up on a, at a certain time, checking, checking in on a clock, going into the office, and hitting repeat. I knew that I wanted to travel, and I knew that I wanted to impact people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was a part of me wanting to understand how people thought, right? What do people like? Why do people like those certain things? So it reflects, that vision reflects my journey. That's why I've been to every state in the country. I've been all over the world because I didn't want to hit the repeat button of going to the office and repetitively doing the same thing every day. So I applied that into the relationships I had, the clients that I brought in, 
<laughs> when you think about it, American Airlines, Delta, <laughs> those are all traveling tools, right? Allstate, those, uh, they represent, you know, boat, home, air, uh, you know, to, to covering all those things. So, you know, my mentality reflected in the business that I would bring in as an entrepreneur. Wow. Okay. So with all that, what are you now doing um, currently? Man, it's a loaded question, right? Because as an entrepreneur, uh, you're taught to have multiple streams of income, mm-hmm. right? So when I was in corporate America, uh, what I seeded was my book first as an author. So I released a book called The Mind of a Winner, which became number one on Amazon in 24 hours. So while I was in corporate, I would seed and ask folks, you know, what are the things you want to learn as an entrepreneur? You know, who do you want to learn from? And I got that information and that insight and I put it in a book. So in the book, I have Damon John from Shark Tank. I have two chains in the book, Kenny Smith inside the NBA on TNT. I have, you know, my beautiful wife, Swing Cash, who's a two-time Olympic gold medalist um, and current vice president of New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, I have Joe Anthony, who's a serial entrepreneur, all in the book. And I wanted to give access to people. So, you know, I wrote that book. So that was one venture, um, being an entrepreneur. in author, which I have my second book coming. So, so before uh, we move on with that, so that particular uh, book features different people who are, I'm, I'm assuming, successful. Who's yeah, and, and what are they sharing? Like they story or what? what what's they doing in there? Yeah, so you're, you're basically a fly on the wall. So I captured, I sat down with all of them individually, and I pulled information out from them that you couldn't find on Google, right? Um, things that you know, like two chains, when you transfer, when you transition from titty boy to two chains, what was it like in the middle? What were you thinking? How did you get to two chains? Right? What, what was your daily routine like? And one of the things that he talked about were the three P's was purpose, passion, and patience. You know, having, you know, the purpose, what, you know, what are you doing it for? What is your drive? What is your daily motivation? Having passion, the fuel to achieving that purpose and getting in, you know, uh, aligning to that purpose. And then patience, understanding that, you know, it's not going to happen overnight. It takes time for this to happen. Right. And, you know, two chains talking about that and that transition to Titty Boy. He was just saying I was just doing constant music. He was like just working on my craft and bettering myself. I had a better connection and faith to a higher power. You know, he talked about all that, but those three P's is what stuck out to me. So I tell that journey of him, you know, being a mama's boy to that transition to where he is today. Um, So it's really taken, you know, a journey along each individual's life and the key learning tools and points and the power, what I call power moves that we could share within their journey. You know, with Damon John talking about him being dyslexic. I'm dyslexic, you know? So we talk about how one in five entrepreneurs are dyslexic. I mean, one in five people are dyslexic. One in three entrepreneurs are dyslexic. Talking about the the benefits of being dyslexic, you know? So that's what the book is about. It's about sharing not only an ability to achieve success, but how do I sustain it over time? You know, a lot of people feel like, all right, if I make a million dollars, I made it, right? That million dollars could be gone tomorrow. How can I make a million dollars and continue to make money over time? If I want to be the best teacher, how do I become the best teacher and continue to be the best teacher over 30 years? 
right? So those are the tools that we share in the book and the power moves. I definitely want to talk about that towards the end, uh, how to actually manage and sustain, uh, because a lot of people can make a lot of money these days, but they don't know how to necessarily even scale. You know, you right. can make a lot of money yourself, but then hiring a team and then putting together a system, um, that's a whole nother thing. So let me ask you this, for a young brother or a sister who knows, let's say they grew up in a great neighborhood where they know NBA players, they know rappers, they know entrepreneurs. How do they produce a book like that? Do they have to, how do they reach out to people that they don't know? Um, do they have to, do they have to uh, offer the people who they're getting interviews from percentages of the book? Do they split it at the end? How does that whole process work? Yeah, there's a few things I would say. One uh, is, is the power of effective networking, Right. It's going into your Rolodex, into your phone book, because most of the times we have 5,000 contacts, 3,000 contacts, 10,000 contacts in our phone, but we only keep in touch with about five to 10 people, right? right? So start with your network. If you know you want to write this book and you know you have this connection of people that's in your, your area, reach out to your folks to say, hey, do you have a relationship with this player? Do you have a relationship with this artist? Do you know somebody that knows this artist? Because I'm trying to reach out to them because I'd love to put this book together. Right. That's the first start Two, what can you do to support that person and what they have going on? Find out if they have a nonprofit. Hey, you know, if, if I can, you know, get, uh, you know, some key pointers from you to add into my book, I'll donate some hours to your nonprofit. I'll donate some funds to your nonprofit. You know, I'll, you know, donate some hours towards your business, to your store, you know, offer, give an offering first. Everything that I do is I, I approach it with an offering first because I don't want it to be viewed as me just wanting something from you. I want to show you like, hey, I really want this and I'm willing to do whatever it takes to make sure we can get this done. Right. And then once you get them on board, depending on your relationship, for the most part, professional, successful people want to help. Right. They want to help, but they can't help you if they don't know what you need. You know, so so by being vocal and reaching out, it's okay to be be vocal and reach out, but have a polished opportunity that you're presenting to them that you would like them to be a part of. Don't just say, hey, you know, I have an idea and I'd love to build with you. Nah, they have enough going on. Present, present a package to them like, hey, I have this book. I'm looking to release it in September. It's about X. I know that you're passionate about X. And I'd love to share some of your insight to my audience. Right. And I'm willing to donate to your nonprofit, and, you know, spend some time working a cash register at your store, whatever it is, you know, show the value to what they're doing to show that you know what they have going on and you want to support it as well. Um, and on the back end, for the most part, they won't ask for anything in return from, from a percentage standpoint because they want to help. You know, but if you if you present it as a business opportunity, then how does this business opportunity make sense to me? You know, if you're if you're saying, hey, you're going to get 10 percent from that 10 percent, you know, that person's getting one hundred dollars. Is that really worth their time? You know, so you have to show the value when it comes to that as well. That's interesting you say that because that is the blueprint for reaching out to an influencer or anybody who's in business. So many people say, bro, let's build. Bro, I got an idea. Do you know how many, I mean, DMs, emails people get hearing that? You know, yeah. it's always about me, me, me. Check me out. Check this out. Check this out. When you should be uh, showing that you know 
about their lifestyle. Hey, how can I help you? How can I be of value? And it's right. not that you're necessarily trying to manipulate them or trick them. It's just like, bro, if I'm only coming to you and helping you out, that's 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 only going to you. But you got to give me some kind of reciprocation as well so that I can understand, hey, man, that we both getting value out of this it's not just hey put me on hey i got a nice idea every i'm tired of hearing ideas i don't know about you man but i hear so many mm. ideas a brother called me at two o'clock in the morning one time and said i got an idea man i almost cussed him out <laughs> man no um, that's the truth man you know what i mean dms i get i have an idea you know can i get 30 minutes to, to talk 30 minutes to such and such you know it's always ask 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 i'm like hey you know how about how are you you know yeah, exactly how's your day <laughs> you know yeah that's why i say it's the power of effective networking you have to know how to how to actually effectively network and manage your relationships mm-hmm. those that are new those that are 20 years in existence um and those that you plan on having in the future you have to know how to manage and effectively network what was your thought process when you had the corporate america job because i know you said one of your motives was you didn't want to be like everybody else on repeat, go on a job, come home, you know, eat, take a shower, go to bed, get back up and do the same thing over and over again. Because I tell people about the Stillaway method uh, that my teacher, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, said, he said, listen, man, just because you got a little knowledge yourself and you understand what's going on with the system, that don't mean quit the job right now because you still got bills to pay. Use that money that you have and then start building something on the side. And once you build that thing on the side and build that up, then you can quit. But don't quit too early because that's not intelligence. And so a lot of times our people or some people, they're so like, I don't want a job, I don't want a job, to where they don't see that that's a stepping stool and uh, they go to uh, they go to work miserable. They just, I mean, they just miserable. They're tired. I mean, they just they just don't have that energy. So, what was your thought process, knowing that you didn't want a job, but you went anyway? Yeah. So I got a job with a purpose. There you go. Right. So I went into corporate America again to learn how to run a billion dollar business. So when I got there, I, I had a sales position, mm-hmm. I had a trademarking position, I had a marketing position. I had a community affairs position. I was able to understand how to sell, uh, understand how to create programming for the people that are selling our product. I learned how to create marketing campaigns on a national scale from billboards, TVs, radio, the power of social media, the power of engagement and interaction from people to people to uh, community affairs is of working with local nonprofits, national nonprofits, and creating platforms to support our community from those marketing campaigns. So I went in with a purpose. That's why I was never miserable because every day I was learning and every day was an opportunity for me to create, to give back to the community, to people that look like us, right? So while I was at corporate America, when I said I was a corporatepreneur, I leveraged, to your point, the dollars and funding that I got from corporate America to help fund my entrepreneurial ventures. Mm. So, you know what I'm saying? So that was really, that was my, my account, you know? So when that automatic withdrawal was hitting, you know, so, you know, you had majority to go to family, majority to go to lifestyle and the majority to go to, to what I, what my entrepreneurial ventures, you know what I'm saying? But while I was at corporate America, you know, I spent my hours that they paid me for, doing my job well. So I was a high performer every year. I was, I was rated a high performer, but from that nine, 10 PM to 3 AM, that was my personal venture hour. That's when I was returning emails. I was creative and coming up with ideas. I was one as you know, if you're looking to get to be an entrepreneur, 
you need to learn how to research. Research is one of the hardest things for people to understand and do. They just think they go on Google, Bing, or whatever it is, and they can just, you know, and that's it. No, you have to learn how to research. You have to know what you're looking for and, and it, to be able to apply and gain those insights to better understand your entrepreneurial venture. Two, you need to master, you know, the art of your industry. So you need to research and then you need to be uh, considered, you know, uh, one of the, the tops within that space. So the people around you, your friends, your colleagues, they need to see you in that light. Like this person knows everything about this space, right? And that comes with the research and insight, you know? And then three, you need to surround yourself with the right people. You need to have the right mentors and you need to have the right advisors around you and like-minded people folks who are going through the same thing, entrepreneurs or corporatepreneurs who are looking to do the same thing so you guys can bounce ideas and talk, you know, but you need to have mentors within the space that you're looking to get into and outside the space that you're looking to get into to be that, you know, fresh perspective. And you need to have advisors that you can lean on, folks that are in finance, folks that are in legal, you know, so you can get advice and not have to pay that $10,000 bill, you know, because those are friends, you know, um, and again, you know, those are three and then four, set up your social channels, you know, make sure that you have your, uh, you know, the, the likeness to your name on, on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, on LinkedIn and all the social spaces. So when you do make that jump, you're not starting from zero, mm. you know, you can, you, that's, that business can live without you having to be the face for it. Even if you get an intern or even if you get somebody that looks up to you, that wants to learn about that space. Put them in charge of managing the social media and, and collecting content and managing that space. So when you do make that jump, you're ready to go. And then again, when I go back, you know, proof of concept, you got to use that time to know if your service or product is something that's needed. Right. You need to spend that time to understand and proof of concept if that product or service is needed. So by testing it out and putting it out and allowing people to give you feedback, yes, your family and friends are always going to say, we love this. And they're going to support and buy. But what is it like when the person from Nebraska or the person from Chicago or the person from New Orleans has that choice? And are they going to purchase it or not? Or are they going to hire you or not for that service? Mm -hmm. So you need to get proof of concept. And then last, you need to make sure you're properly structuring your business. Not for now, but for the future, right? Because you have your S-Corp, you have your C-Corp, you have your LLC, right? You have your sole proprietorship. So you have to understand your structure, the structure of your business. So, you know, down the line, if you want to sell it, that is properly structured. So you're not going back paying these crazy fees to go from an LLC and a sole proprietor to an S-Corp because you need to have shares for potential investors that want to invest into your business. I want to highlight, um, I want to highlight the fact that you said from nine to three, you was working on your brand, correct? Working on the, yeah, yeah. So uh, PM at night. Yeah, yeah. So nine. So you, when you got off of work, now is your time to put the work in for yourself because I tell people all the time, we do nine to fives for somebody else, but we don't put no time in for yourself. No so it's, right. it's not a coincidence that you are behind and you're always working for somebody else and you always feel drained and you feel like you're never growing. That's because when you get off, you're going right to sleep. 
That's your time to put in the work for yourself. That's when your time to start posting some content. That's your time to start networking, start researching on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, whatever the case may be. So I just wanted to highlight that to show somebody who's successful, who has used that tactic. Hey, man, I got, if I got to get a job, I got to get a job. But when I get off of work, man, it's my time. It's me time. I'm going to put this knowledge that I'm learning from them into, into my business. And I like the way you said you picked a job with a purpose because you didn't just pick a random job just because of the money. You picked a job that's going to allow you to get the education that you need for your particular field. I can use right. this knowledge. To, 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 to come and, and, and uh, put it into my brand. I can use this structure. I can use a blueprint. I can use whatever I'm learning to apply to myself. So knowledge is all around when we say nobody's teaching me. If you get a job, you can really teach yourself by just observing. I'll say Absolutely. one time, uh, if you want to run a restaurant, why not just go be a waiter? Yep. Ask questions to the manager. <laughs> you know, you're yep. making some pretty good money. You're getting your tips and everything like that, but you're learning in the process. So brothers and sisters out there, if you got to make your money from a job, be strategic. But one point that I don't want you to miss out is the brother, you already knew what you wanted to do before this corporate job. Correct. Right. Purpose. See, I move with purpose. See, because if he didn't know what his purpose was, if he didn't know where he wanted to go, he didn't know how to strategically pick a job. So if you are in high, high school right now, if you're in college right now, Instead of going out to the gym and the party and you not no basketball player, so you don't need to be at the gym like that. But sit your butt down, man, and figure out where you want to be in life. That's going to allow you to move in purpose. That's going to allow you to, you know, take steps uh, with purpose because you know what your end game is. And before I get to the next question, I always tell them, you know, Siri doesn't give you any direction until you have your destination in there. Absolutely. I can't I can't look, pick up the phone and seriously say turn left, turn right until I put my destination in there. So you have to know where you go to get the uh, where you want to go to get the proper guidance. So my next question I wanted to talk about, brother, you, you mentioned you understood the importance of team from basketball. Talk about how you took the principles you learned about team in basketball and how you're now using it in business. Yeah. And before I answer that question, to, to touch on your point uh, when it comes to that is, you know, a lot of people ask, how do I determine what my purpose is? Right, you know, how, how, how do I get there? How, how do I identify that? And a simple question to ask yourself is, what do you love to do, right? What would you do without getting paid for? You know, and when you start answering those questions, some things might seem surface or like, is just that, but those things can be viable businesses. And just think about the impact that it'll have on people's lives. But just answer that simple question. You know, what are the things that I love? Write them down. Why do I love it? Mm. You know, is there a void? Is there is there a need within that space that I currently don't see? You know, um, if I love music, how can I impact the music space in the industry? What can I offer? Can I start a nonprofit to impact the local musicians in my community? Because I know the kids in my community don't don't see light. They don't see what the future can hold. You know, so answer those questions and it'll help you get to the point of of purpose. Now, um, you know, getting to your question about, you know, teamwork. Uh, when I was in college, the, the principles that I learned was, one, it's not about you. You know, it's about the bigger picture. You know, you need to work on self to, you know, understand what you're bringing to the table so you can do your job. If you're a small forward and, you know, the plays that are 
Do you have a certain need from that position? I need to have a 15-foot jump shot. I need to understand all the plays because I'm, you know, sometimes I need to bring the ball up. Um, I need to understand the, the post moves because sometimes being 6'6", that I'll have an advantage in that position. So it's understanding that, yes, I have my individual goals, but the bigger picture is the team performance and goals. You know what I'm saying? So I understood the importance of team. Two, um, and understanding bringing the value to the team. So within those two things. Um, three is understanding that it's okay to get guidance and apply. I don't I don't always have the answers. It's not always about what's in my mind or what I think is right. There are professionals who have done this for years, who have put countless hours into that space. And it's okay to take that advice. Um, and I always tell people this as well as like, you know, I'm a father and I'm going to tell you the things that I did, you know, to raise my child. That advice doesn't mean you necessarily have to take it and do it. Right. It just means like whatever can apply, at least you have that insight now. You know, this worked for me, this didn't. This is how I got them to sleep overnight. You know, the you know, this ointment and these pampers work. Doesn't mean you have to get those particular brands or actually do what I do, but I did my job by giving that insight. So when I played, I understood that sometimes I need to get out of my head and thinking that I have I have the answers all the time and actually apply the lesson that's given to me. Um, so those are some of the things that I got that I actually apply to this day and still apply to this day. And that's important when you think of mentors and advisors and like-minded people that are around you, you're getting lessons and their playbook, right? And you get to apply some of those things into your life and your journey. Speaking of purpose, uh, what was your purpose? My purpose is to uh, provide access to people. Um, I've been fortunate enough to meet <laughs> presidents, um, professional athletes, um, you know, the, my surrounded network of family and friends who are amazing. Um, you know, I've been fortunate to do a lot in my life. And I understand that, you know, majority of people don't get to experience 5% of what I've been able to accomplish and do in my life. And that's a blessing. You know, I know this based off of, you know, conversations that I have, things that I see. So what I wanted to do was leverage my access and my resources to the people. So when I was in corporate America, I had million dollar budgets. Mm. So I use those budgets to put that back into the community, to the people who needed the resources, who needed the knowledge, who needed the awareness from our audience. So I made it my goal when I went into you know, community affairs to build platforms to give back. That was a focus of mine, right? Um, everything that I do from, you know, we have one music fest, which is the largest progressive music festival in, in the Southeast. We have 50,000 people in Atlanta. We created One Music Fest to create unity through music and to create a, a festival platform for people of color because that wasn't a focus for us. We just celebrated 10 years last September, mm. right? To the brand executive, which is an opportunity to create platform. Uh, it's a toolbox for entrepreneurs and those who are in corporate America who are looking to go into entrepreneurship to learn how to start running, grow your business to six figures. 
right? Everything that I do, the book, The Mind of a Winner is, is, is allowing you to be a fly on the wall to all these professionals to understand how to achieve success through whatever you want to do, whatever you consider to be success for you, being the best parent, being the best, you know, teacher, whatever it is, you can apply these common threads to your life to better you, right? So everything that I do is to provide access to people. Um, and that's my purpose. You know, everything that I do is to give back and make sure that the next person gets to achieve their level of success. That time period of you working in corporate America uh, and finally reaching that access or reaching that point of you uh, um, achieving your purpose. How long did that take from you working on the job, stacking money, saving money, putting it over to your brand, putting it over to your business? How long did it take for you to say, OK, now I'm good enough and I can let the corporate America go? Yeah, for me, it wasn't more so the resources. It was a feeling. Okay. It was, all right, I need my time back now. Now it's getting to a point where the, the, the scale is shifting, right? Where the scale might have been balanced or it could have been, you know, corporate life here and entrepreneurship here initially when I started through the recession to working, 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 getting the balance to the point where it started, you know, the entrepreneurship level started to rise a little bit more. And I knew that the only way I can sustain the entrepreneurship and, and continue to grow it was for me to dedicate my full time and resources to that. And I knew that my corporate life and that high performance would start to be impacted um, because I needed to travel more for this, right? I needed to do more in the social space for this. I had more speaking engagements. I had more demand, more requests within this space. So to be fair, I understood that I couldn't really balance the two anymore. So it was time for me to go. Could I have left two or three years earlier because I did the right thing and stacked the, the funding and had the resource and I was in a position to be an entrepreneur full time? Yes. But I knew I had a duty within the corporate space because I had a budget that was going back to people of color. And I knew that once I leave, that could be impacted. Mm. Right. So the businesses that are getting this funding, the HBCUs that are getting this funding, you know, for the entire time that I was there now can go away. So I wanted to make sure that even when I was leaving that the right person was a backfill to make sure that the resources would continue to go where they needed to go until the business function as a whole decided that they didn't want to invest in such anymore. But as a, as a high performer, it was, it's hard to question my moves if you're getting results. Doesn't mean the next person in that role is going to be able to do that. Or they might have their own agenda, right, and want to use those resources towards a different platform. You know, so it was a balance. I understood that I had a duty to continue to support people of color, but I understood that this entrepreneurship venture was a lot bigger than that. And through this, I'll be able to make a bigger impact. So I just needed to get that time back. So it was time for me to go. And so how long did that take? So I went into corporate America about 2010. So a couple of years after 2008 during the recession. And I, you know, about five, six years, mm. you know, of me dedicating, creating platforms um, to the time where, you know, I moved on. And the reason I'm asking that is so that people can understand that it will take patience. Yes, he did say that he could have did it sooner, but 
to be successful, it, it's not always going to happen overnight. You know, where you're trying to go, where you're trying to be, where you will eventually be. Don't think, oh, I'm just going to pick up this book. I'm going to go take this course. I'm going to go listen to this guy, and next month is going to happen. Because what happens is when we set those type of expectations, not saying that it can't happen. You know, it probably can't happen, but if it don't, I just want you guys to understand that, okay, it will take me a little time. If I, if, I'm not, if I haven't made it in two months, don't let this person that's on Instagram with their new Bugatti have you feeling like you less than. You know, don't right. have this person that's doing a YouTube video and his thumbnail is a is a Ferrari having you thinking that, oh, my God, I'm a failure because you haven't made it. It will take time. And a lot of people who are successful family, you may not have seen their work. They probably just got on social media. They probably just now getting big, but they've been putting work in for a long time. You right. just now seeing the results. You just now seeing the fruit. You didn't see how long the seed was in the ground. You didn't see yeah. how long they watered it. You don't see how long they cultivated it. So I ask that question so that these brothers and sisters can understand. It may take them a little time, and if it is taking time, that's okay. If you just keep pushing it to be, um, you know, you'll be yeah. successful. A lot of people don't understand. You know, you don't know what that person went through to get to where they they are at that point. And I use Jay-Z as an example all the time. It took Jay-Z about eight years before he became Jay-Z. You know what I'm saying? Like he was putting the grind in, he was putting the work in. And even when he was ready to put his music out on on a mass level, the levels still didn't believe. Him and Dame and Biggs had to fund Rockefeller Records to be able to distribute his first album. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So he... He put in all that time and the label still didn't believe. They're like, nah, we're good. Right. That's why to this point now he's like, I'm getting everything back. That's old because you didn't believe. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I had to put a lot of money, my own money to get to where I am today. So you're going to pay for that now. You want me Def Jam? You're going to pay for that. Mm. You want me, you know, you want me. You know, Live Nation, we're going to do this co-branded, you know, Rock Nation. And I'm going to have, you're going to infuse me with $250 million to do what I need to do. You, you're going to pay for all the folks that didn't get that record deal, for all the folks who are shifting culture and you didn't pay no mind, you know, but you're eating off the culture. You know, you're going to pay for it, you know. So it takes time. It's patience. But it's also a sacrifice, Understand that it is a sacrifice. You have to sacrifice to get to that point. You know, it doesn't happen overnight. It takes four-hour sleep nights. It takes, you know, not having, not being there and playing with your, your kid, you know, for, for multiple hours because you have to put this business plan, this marketing plan, these videos together because it's a one-man band or one-woman band at that time that is just you on that grind. But what you can do is understand that there's goals and there's systems. We can have our goals and say, I want my daily goals, my five-year goals, my 10-year goals, you know, my 20-year goals. But the piece that's missing all the time, I hear people say, hey, I have, this is my goal. This is what I want to do. The piece that's missing is the system. Mm. Goals versus systems. What are the systems you're putting in place to achieve your goals? I wanted to be an author. I wanted to write a book. I knew I had to get at least 60,000 words to, to get the book that I wanted. So every day I would dedicate two hours, lock myself in a room for two hours when my wife was pregnant, locking myself in a room for two hours. But she understood that this was a goal of mine. And I, I, this was the, the, you know, the system I needed to put in place because I'm dyslexic. 
to achieve that goal until I got the 60,000 words to achieving that. I want to lose 10 pounds. I want to lose 20 pounds. What are the systems I'm putting in place? I'm not going to eat you know, after eight o'clock, I'm going to do an hour workout in the morning. You know, I'm going to have a 1200 calorie diet. I'm going to put the systems in place to achieve that goal. So don't just say what you want to do. That's right. Put the, put the systems in the place and then look at yourself in the mirror and understand if you can really do what you say you're going to do and you're going to be that person in the mirror. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of people see that person and they're lying to themselves. Mm. So many people ask me, Brother Ben asks, man, how do I know that you're going live? How do I know when you're producing a podcast? And I saw you also just made $130,000 in two days. Well, there's a way that you guys can get informed from us via text message. All you have to do is text 50K to 210-504-4094, and we'll give you more information with free game, and we'll let you guys know how we made $130,000 in two days. Text the word 50K to 210-504-4094 will give you updates, notifications, and let you guys know how we made 130000 in two days. Peace. You know, they're saying this person is this and that in that mirror, but that per that's a lie. You're not, you're, not, you're not sacrificing. You know, you're putting the systems in place to achieve those goals. You know, we're lying to ourselves every single day. You, it's a grind. It's it's work. There's only so few people that win the lottery. Those millionaires that happen that that you know things happen overnight or you know a short period of time. That's like winning the lottery. Yeah. It's not normal. It's not normal. It takes hard work, grind. That's why you have to do something you love because it's not work when you're doing something you love. You're gonna wake up and want to do it. You're thirsty to do it. You're going to stay up till three in the morning doing it and researching and understanding because you love it. You're not doing it just to make money. When you're doing it just to make money, that's when you fall by the wayside. That's a fact, man. I, well, our team got an editor now, and I literally still find myself up at three o'clock in the morning editing videos and putting out content. It's hard for me to like let it go because, I mean, I'm in love with it. I'm kind of... <laughs> I don't want to edit as much, but I'm so used to doing it. It's like, man, I can't, I can't even wait on him to post a video to us. I just got, <laughs> I'm still doing it, man. So, with so many people learning how to make money online, and like you talked about, people can make money but don't know how to manage it. Before we get to the learning how to manage it part, I want you to briefly, briefly give us just the basics on the structure. You know, what is S corp? What is C corp? What is LLC? And Give us the reasons why persons should pick certain different things in the different scenarios. Can you break that down for us? Absolutely. So basically, at the end of the day, it's it's a tax structure. It's okay. it's how it's how money is going to be funneled through a business, right? So if you're a sole proprietor, basically as an LLC, what's going to happen is when you start your business, all your taxes um, that you, I mean, all the the you know the money you put out for your business is going to pass through you as um, an individual. Mm -hmm. So the money you send is going to reflect and impact your personal um, taxes that you file, right? So all the money you spent, if you had a loss, that's going to go towards you having a loss on your personal. If you had, you know, gained and made money, you're going to have to pay taxes on that. So hopefully you are saving, you know, to be able to pay those taxes. Um, when you have a partnership, both of you, um, the the you know when you file the taxes it's gonna go through you and your partner, 
All right. Um, when you file your taxes, so you split it 50 50 if you have one other partnership and so forth, evenly if you have more partners. Mm-hmm. Um, when you have an S Corp, now you're, you're thinking big, t- big time, right? You're thinking like, hey, this business is going to be bigger and hopefully I can sell this business, um, you know, down the line. So you have shares within that business. So if you have partners, let's say you have two partners, let's say you you make it a dollar a share. Um, for X amount of shares. So both of you split the amount of shares to have equal ownership within the business. And if you decide to sell part of your business, let's say 25%, somebody's going to give you $2 million for 25% of your business. Now, both you and your partner's amount of shares and value in the business is going to go down. Now you're going from 100% ownership to 75% ownership. You and your partner are going to split the 75% equally, and then the 25% is going to the investor. Now what happens with that is also passed through um, with an S-corp. So each of you are going to be responsible for paying your, your, your value of taxes based off of the money you've made on your business. When you have a C-corp, now you're talking super big business, right? Now, now there's no liability towards you as an individual. Everything goes through your business. So when you file taxes, the taxes go through your business. If somebody decides to sue you, sue your business, they're suing your business. They're not suing you as an individual. Now, that, so is, now I, that is the same for LLC, right? Yeah, so the LLC is fairly new. Okay. So the LLC was created to be a hybrid between C-Corp and an S corp because four folks didn't know which one they wanted to do. There were certain things that they wanted one from the other. So within, uh, with an LLC, you get both, right? So you have the pass through where you're individually paying the taxes, but there's limited liability towards you because it's going towards your business, similar to a C corp. Gotcha. Yeah. And, and keep going. Was you done with the C corp? Yeah, so I, I I really use the the pass through and the liability as an example because th- that's the most important piece, right? Um, you know, if how you're impacted as a business, and if you personally are going to be pay, paying taxes, or the business as a whole is going to have to make sure they pay the taxes as a business, opposed so, to you individually. So if I got this right, S corp is where you know it's all coming through personal, right? So, yeah, so it goes through your business, right, where you have shares. So those who um, are, you know, the leaders, leaders within the business share the responsibility of the taxes personally. Got you. And then the C-Corp is where it ain't on none of us. All the finances coming through straight to business. So if you sue me, you do anything with money. Hey, that's a whole nother person. That's that business kind of operating sort of like an LLC. Yes. And so the difference between an LLC and that is what again? So with the LLC, there's different varieties of an LLC now. So you have a sole proprietor where it could just be you as an individual, mm-hmm. then you or you can have uh, business partners within, but it's still going as a pass-through, but you have limited liability where they can sue the business opposed to suing you as an individual. Gotcha. So the similarities to a C-Corp. So somebody who's just online and they just want to be an entrepreneur, hey man, I got a powerful story, I got an e-book, and uh, man, I just want to grow a business, putting out an e-book, what, what, what do they need? Do an LLC sole proprietor. You know, it's all responsible to you. All the money you make off that book, you just pay your taxes. You know, you file your taxes and you have your business. But the beauty of it is, you know, when you're going to restaurants, when you're flying, when you're staying at hotels, you can charge that to your business. You know what I'm saying? So your business 
um, there's tax breaks. So depending on what you you know what you're spending, what you have going on, you can apply that to your business. And then when you do your taxes, you know if you have a lot a loss or if you have gains, it all applies towards the business. So there's different benefits of applying it towards your business than as an individual who's day to day just moving around spending their own money. And when it comes to tax write-offs, tax write-offs is basically any expenses that you have for your business. You can write that towards off and get that business. money back, right? Yeah. So if it's a flight, if it's a whole, um, you know, flight and travel hotel, you know, Trump kind of, you know, changed this up. But if you have a, a business dinner, um, I believe it's about 50 percent that you can write off now where before it was it was it was much higher. Um, uh, you know, uniform and outfit, the clothes you wear towards your business, your vehicle, the mileage or the expenses you put towards that vehicle, your space. If you have a home office, the square footage you can apply towards your taxes. So there's a, a lot of benefit to creating a business and applying all that you do day to day um, towards that business. What's the most common thing that people forget to write off that they probably could be writing off from your experience? Their home office, <laughs> the square footage from their home office. A lot of people work from home. You know, a lot of people don't work in an office. That's one. Um, two, you know, a lot of people, the one that they use a lot is dinners. You know, people know off rip, you know, dinners and travel 100% and uniform, you know, the clothes you wear. If you're buying suits to go to a meeting, you're buying dresses to go to meetings, you can write that off. You know, and a lot of people don't think about that. When you go shopping, write that off. So there it is, family. Uh, brothers and sisters, man, he giving you some games. So lastly, before I get to the fire chat with all these questions I got right here, how to manage and sustain the business? You know, I needed help with this before I met my brother, Jake. I look at my PayPal. I done made 100000 man. Where did this money go? So what <laughs> are some strategies and some systems that you talk about to help us manage and scale this money? There's two things that I said. Well, three things um, when you say manage and scale. So one uh, again, research, research, research. You have to understand your business. You know, you have to be considered an expert with an authority within your space and be respected in your space for what you do, right? Then two is understanding who your audience is. So that takes, you know, going through your social media channels. Um, going through all the emails and, and researching to understand what your customer likes, you know, the other people they follow um, when you're, you know, when you're doing proof of concept of different products and services, testing it, you know, to leverage and see what they like, get their feedback and insight and engagement to know the products that you have, if it's going to work because you have these this group of followers that are there to be your test subjects. They're there to let you know, like, I'm not really fooling with this product that you have. It doesn't align with your purpose. Um, you know, and, you know, third is definitely um, when it comes to uh, growing that business is understanding the different tools that will help you maximize your product if you have a product. So let's say you want to come out with a shirt or a clothing line or, you know, food, um, you know, cupcakes that you want to sell online. Understand the tools that you have, you know, um, e-commerce is huge. So understanding the, the platforms that are available to you, like Shopify. Shopify is a tool that's built for entrepreneurs for you to build your online store. Now, how are you going to market on, on you know, 
once you've, you know, created, you know, your online store? Well, again, it's a shopper tool. So they're going to give you the insights of how many people clicked on this shirt design, how many people ordered this strawberry cupcake from what city, Mm. what time um, did they leave it in a cart? You know, um, so, you know, you get to, again, through research, get all these insights. And that's almost a full time job to go back and and look through those insights to understand your customer better, understand what you need to market, which products are working, which services are working. What do I need to alter? You know, and then you have Facebook and Instagram ads, you know, that's very you know low costing right now to be able to you know, do three or four posts that you do an ad on and see what you get the best response on, then double down. If you put a post out, you know, a video clip of your product or a static image or a a regular image, a picture, and between the video and the static image, you see that the video is getting a higher engagement, then you need to double down and put out more videos, you know? So you have the tools here and the resources to allow you to understand that. Um, if you're a small business, understand the local banks that are in your community. You know, in New York, you have Key Bank, which is one. In the South, you have SunTrust and some other banks that are working with entrepreneurs to give you uh, a line of credit for your business, right? So you have to understand that smaller banks work with you more than a Chase, a Bank of America, because those are big business. They're going to want five, six years of history of your business and making money. And, and assets to be able to give you funding. So if you're an entrepreneur and you're looking to, to, to get out there and, and grow and scale your business, it's understanding the tools and the resources that are afforded to you and never stop learning. Never stop learning. Whether it's audiobooks, reading books, articles, you know, subscribe to different um, publications that are in your industry. So those articles are coming in every day. So that's the first thing you're reading. Again, you need to become an expert within your industry and space. And that takes you boggling down and actually doing research to understand the tools that are afforded to you within that space. Absolutely. Uh, So my last question, then I'll get to theirs is what are your top two business books and why? Oh, man. So I have a podcast that's called What's in the Words. And I'm going to tell you the last three, three books that we did. And all of them are for, for a reason. Um, one is from Tim Ferriss, which is The 4-Hour Workweek. The that's four the second hour, time I'd have heard that this week. Yeah. So when it comes to applying uh, his methodology, which he's learned from the 80-20 rule, is something that I applied that changed my life. Mm. Those that don't know what the 80-20 rule is, they say that um, 80% of you know, the things that the, the return comes from 20% of your output. So 20% of your, the work that you do is bringing back 80%. So why are you doing 70% of stuff, right? We, we post 100 times just to put out 100 posts, right? We're taking 100 meetings just to take 100 meetings, just to act busy, yeah. right? Acting busy doesn't really give you the return. When you walk into a room, you know, what this is telling you, if there's 100, 100 people in the room, you know, there's going to be that 20% that's going to give you that 80% return, that impact, rather than having to know everybody in the room. I'm very conscious of when I walk into a room, 
knowing it's not about knowing everybody in the room it's knowing the right people in the room right so that's a big focus for me and then another book is called um never eat alone by keith ferrazzi mm. uh the beauty of that book is it's telling you the importance again of effective networking you know effective networking is key in how you manage your rolodex how you manage the people that are your immediate circle and the people that are actually going to put you in a position to scale and grow your business and learning how to leverage that space then the third is the power of broke from damon john the power of broke is letting you know to leverage the resources that you currently have and not and understanding that it doesn't necessarily always take it doesn't necessarily always take having a million dollars in your bank account to make your business work it's leveraging your network the people in your your immediate network it's leveraging your your current resources to get to where you need to be and under, taking a step back and and realizing that you know damon john had closed fugu about six times became before it became the multi-million dollar business billion dollar business that it is today you know, but he leveraged his resources. He leveraged his network, you know, getting LL Cool J to, to, to wear, you know, the hat in a video, you know, to leverage the, the cool people that were in Queens to, to, to leverage, to, to wear his, uh, his, his clothing, to going to, you know, clothing conferences around the country to get exposure for his brands and buying a booth and investing, you know, the dollars that he had into uh, what was his, his purpose and his vision. You know, so it's, it's leveraging the power of broke and understanding that you have the tools that you need. It's just taking a step back and auditing what you have to apply. And my last question from them, uh, which I think is a great question, which I think we can end on, is how do how to go from check to check to saving money? So it's sacrifice. Right. There are necessities of things that we need in life like clothes shelter food right we need food um to stay to to be nourished and live but what are you spending your money on with food you know are you you know you sacrificing and eating ramen noodles for a week for a month for a year to make sure that, you know, instead of going out to that restaurant and getting that steak, getting that lobster, you know, and spending $100 on that meal where, you know, you can put, you know, some some uh, nourishing foods together for, that are cost effective, having salads, you know, and, and, and making smoothies and doing certain things that are going to be more cost effective towards you from a food budgeting perspective, right, to close. Am I going out and, and, and because I see this person wearing Louis Vuitton and this person wearing Fendi and this person wearing X, that now I feel like if I'm not wearing it, I'm less than. No, you're not. You know, so it's okay to, to go to Target and get, you know, pick up some nice T-shirts and nice button downs, you know, some nice pants, you know, and spending $50 instead of spending $1,000, right, on those items. So it's, it's, it's sacrificing and seeing your full picture and scope and seeing those, the things that I'm spending money on that's absolutely needed and those that are not. Am I spending $230 on my cable bill plus another $10 on Netflix? And I'm saying I'm living check to check. I can go without cable. You right. know, instead of paying $230 cable, just pay $7 a month plus whatever it is for internet. You know, now you're paying $50 a month. You have Netflix internet. 
you know, to do your research through the internet, opposed to paying $230 for a TV cable bill, right? So sacrificing and understanding what are the things that I absolutely need to survive and live every day. And those are the things that are just, and what are the things that are just a bonus? And we're living through that right now, right? You're sitting home and you have all this stuff that you're not using that you could have leveraged those resources on things that you can actually use today. What if you didn't spend the money on that clothes rack that's just sitting there, right? And that was in your bank account instead, you know? So it's adjusting our day-to-day way of life and understanding that we need to make hard decisions and we need to sacrifice when we're, when we're working towards something that we want and that we need. And then again, it's just leveraging the resources. If you are living check to check, what are some of the nonprofits that are providing free resources in my community, like the Urban League, you know, like the 100 Black Men, like the NAACP, the local organizations that are offering free entrepreneurship tools? I'm working with the Central Florida Urban League right now for businesses that are in the state of Florida for free services. We're going to walk you to the bank. We have relationships with banks. We're going to walk you to the bank to apply for loans because we have those relationships and they have the dollars to, to, to give towards small businesses, right? We're, you know, we have workshops to teach you how to effectively market and network and, 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 and such, you know? So it's finding the tools that are afforded to you in your neighborhood through organizations as well that are offering, um, you know, free services for business. And there, you know, food banks, there's places that are there to support and to help if you ask. You can't be too good in this game. You can't, you can't be too good to ask for help or lean on resources that are, that's going to put you in a position to be better. Absolutely, man. So I thank you, brother Steve, for coming on, man, and sharing those powerful jewels with us. How can they follow you on social media and, and support you by buying your book? Absolutely. You can follow me on all my platforms. I'm most active on uh, Instagram and LinkedIn, um, but you can find me at Steve Canal, last name C-A-N-A-L. Um, you can find my book, The Mind of a Winner, on Amazon. I have it in, on ebook. I have soft cover, and I also have um, the audio book, which you can find on Audible. Um, yeah, and you can go on stevecanal.com to see all the platforms that we have. Uh, and, you know, reach out. Reach out to me. Say what's up. You yes, know? sir. Well, man, I appreciate you coming on, brother, man. We'd love to do this again with you uh, to engage with more people. Uh, and answer their questions. I kind of ran out of time to ask a lot of questions today, man, but I definitely appreciate you coming on, man, and uh, may God continue to bless you with success. I appreciate you, brother. This is an amazing platform. I thank you for creating this platform to empower our people and position people to grow. So thank you for all that you do. Yes, sir. Peace. Peace. Man, family, another great interview, man. Y'all, let me tell y'all something, man. God, is going to bless me to be a multi-billionaire one day or multi-millionaire. The multi-million is coming. You, this is why I'm telling y'all that. Because as I listen and interview people over and over again, I don't know how many of y'all been watching me, but a lot of information they get. Now, this is not to be biased, y'all, but a lot of information they saying. I've been telling y'all that in these goddamn uh, inter- in these podcasts, man. I've been telling y'all on my Instagram. I've been telling y'all, man. Man, and they really just come in and reinforce it, man, the, 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 the advice and guidance I've been giving to you guys, man. As I learn to do it for myself as well, I share it with y'all, man. And it's cool to hear other people who are already successful and millionaires and all that type of stuff. 
and they come and share that information with y'all, man. It just reaffirms, man, that we on the right track with this podcast. We on the right track with this platform. So I thank everybody for listening. Me and brother Jake is about to go live on Facebook. We're going to be talking about Jake. Jake. What's that show about to be about? Jake. Jake. <laughs> Jake. <laughs> Look, y'all, I'm getting cussed out right now while I'm on live. Y'all hear them, y'all hear them cussing me out? They cussing me out right now on the podcast. I'm trying to let y'all know what we was about to do. But maybe uh, y'all can get a surprise. Come over to Brother Ben X po- uh, Podcast on Facebook. Uh, here in a minute, me and Brother Jake is about to be live teaching y'all about entrepreneurship. If you guys want to work with our financial firm, text ABS class to 555-888. ABS class, all one word, to 555-888. And one of our team members will uh, get back to you guys they're going to give you a phone call and let and see what you guys need financially so thank you guys for listening have a blacktastic day assalamualaikum hey family listen i know covid has messed up some of our vision and some of us our vision for our family and our future looks a little blurry but we want to help bring the vision back to 2020 we want you to be able to see the success and everything that you plan for 2020 to be we want to help bring that vision back so we have a crazy bundle for you going into black friday this bundle we got purpose to profit which is a full course that's going to teach you how to turn your purpose into a product and that product into a profitable business six-figure business from scratch we're going to teach you how to turn your purpose into a product we're going to teach you how to market how to scale how to productize we're going to teach you how to test we're going to teach you how to package this product so that you can be able to take it into the marketplace to be able to do great things not only with that bundle you're also going to get private banking blueprint where we teach you how to build your own banking system yes you heard me your own banking system and guess what guess what it's only going to be for $368. Yes, you heard it. $368. You're going to get an actual physical copy of the textbook of Private Banking Blueprint. All of that course together for $368 all the way up until Black Friday. If you want to move on that bundle, go to visionbundle.com. Visionbundle.com and take action today.